Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need to make a difference in the music industry. It's not about your town. It's not about the best song in the world. It's not about, it's about relationships. And relationships turn into business, a reputation, money, money that you've made, cuts that you've got, tours that you've done. That's what's going to turn people on to get you that record deal. That's what's going to get you the management company, that publishing deal. It's going to get you that next co-write up the ladder and give you some class mobility into some better rights, okay? You're going to have to have a reputation. That's why we called this thing the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. And the word man that came up with that is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabelle, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro several ways by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then once you get all that together, you're going to need to take it to somebody. So he gets you in front of the pros. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their, get this, their indie artists by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities and through the power of digital marketing data, data, data. They've attracted a number of investors for their artists and investors like numbers, man, because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. And you can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Thank goodness. What's happening, brother? (laughs) Hey, man. How you doing? Man, just hanging in there. I'm just glad I got a light load on this episode. Just sit back and let you talk. We're going to get into some good stuff today. There is hope. Mm. Lots of hope. Lots of real, we're going to get into some nitty gritty. I'm going to read this article to y'all that I read that came out June 5th, 2019. Mm. Get into that. And it explains how you're going to make more money. Oh, please lay it on me, brother. You're going to make some more money. You can make a living. It is a desperate business and we all could use some hope. You're going to make a living. You're going to get a job in the music industry. And this isn't Bernie talking. This is (laughs) Uh. okay. But before we do that, let's get into some some quick business here. The Climb Podcast is proud to partner with uh, our friends over at Disc Makers. They've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. And they got a killer history, by the way. You should go check out the About Us page on that because they go way back, man. Mm. When you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, vinyl, which is, which is really starting to pick up or distribute your music and videos with those customized USBs, discmakers.com is the only place you need to go. And that's spelled D-I-S-C makers.com. And while you're there, click on the Guides and Resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and for studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. We're going to make a jingle for that, right? (laughs) I, I mean, the word's already done, so I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Hey, join the climb community if you haven't done so already. We are rocking and rolling in there. Lots of activity, lots of, I mean, real stuff happened. This isn't a, a community that was built uh, in a day and then ignored or neglected or anything like that. Like it's constantly growing. It's thriving. I'm really proud of it. 
Uh, I know Brent is too. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to the podcast. Take 30 seconds, leave a five-star rating and review and share, 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 share. Let people know, hey, this is, this is happening. These guys talk about real, this is real talk. Like, mm-hmm. this, isn't, this isn't the fake talk. This is real talk. <laughs> it's not fake news. This is real news. news this is real news. news. News you can use. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> so we're going to get into it today. And man, we've been doing this podcast for over three years now. We've been telling people this is the best time to be an artist, right? Mm-hmm. And artists need songs. So it's the best time to be a songwriter. Now, if you talk to the pros, they're not going to say that because their money's gone down. Yeah, okay? except for a handful of them, yeah. Yeah, but even then, it's gone down. Maybe they got all the hits. Maybe they're Ashley Gorley, but those right. same five hits 15 years ago worth Whatever. a lot more money than they are now, right? right? Or, or a bunch of songs that they got cuts on on an album that didn't become a hit be worth way, a but now they're not. So it's changed. It's, it's been bad out there. It's a paradigm shift in the music industry, and I'm going to shine some light. How's oh, that song this little go? light of mine. This little light of mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shine some light. So this is a regular reader of Music Business Worldwide. This article came out June 5th, 2019. And here is the article. Goldman Sachs, those rich white guys with all the money on Wall Street, they say that 1.15 billion people will pay for music streaming by 2030. Wow. And they up their industry forecast. So they're saying the music industry looking better and better, and it's making people more excited to invest in it, right? Yeah. So 11 years from now, at the time of this recording. That's right. Yeah. 2030. 11 years. And, and of it course, sounds, that it means- It feels like so far out. 2030. I'm going to have be streaming cars in my like hoverboard? Yeah, like a future, like a futuristic, sounds futuristic, right? Yeah. 11 years from now. Yeah. 11, yeah. The last time Goldman Sachs issued a report on the recorded music industry, it caused a wave of fiscal confidence in and around the global business. The investment bank's quote unquote music in the air dossier from August 2017 forecast a booming future for record labels and set in motion a series of escalating valuations for Universal Music Group, which have since hit 50 billion in the case of J.P. Morgan, okay? Hmm. So Universal Music Group was 50 billion bucks. In that report, and by the way, $50 million in, it's been terrible for them in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's astounding. So in that report, Goldman forecast that the trade revenues from paid streaming would reach 28 billion by the year 2030 with the overall recorded music industry pulling in a whopping $41 billion in the same 12 months. Okay, so they've upped it. Mm-hmm. They said 28 billion. That means they think 28 billion people would, I'm sorry, $20 billion would be made by yeah. page streaming. Put Goldman's optimism in context. According to IFPI data in 2018, the recorded music industry generated 19.1 billion globally, of which 37% or $7 billion was derived from paid streaming services. So last year, we generated $7 billion in paid streaming. Today, June 5th, Goldman issued an update to the Music in the Air obtained by Music Business Worldwide in which it raises its forecasts for the years ahead, meaning increasing its developing, the new music business developing faster than they thought it was going to. Goldman now predicts that by 2030, the global recorded music industry will be pulling $45 billion a year annually. Not $28 billion, $45 billion a year annually. Wow. And that's up on a restated prior forecast of $44 billion. So they, they, they restated it, and then they restated it again. You know what? We're still wrong. Like, 
we make more money doing this. Hmm. It also believes that paid streaming will generate $27.5 billion for labels and artists in that same year. And that overall annual global trade, trade streaming revenues, including ad funded, will reach $37.2 billion. Perhaps the most exciting prediction within Goldman Sachs figures, however, is its forecast for the numbers of paying music streaming subscribers around the world. The financial firm now believes that in 2023, this stat will rise to 690 million, up from a previous forecast. They previously said in 2023 that it would be 528 million, which is more than double the number of users of paid music streaming accounts right now, which the, the confirmed number is 255 million. So in just four years, mm-hmm. going to double. Okay. Oh, crazy. Um, Goldman further predicts that in 2030, there, and by the way, you're listening, this is all big wig stuff. I'm going to read all this, but man, this means absolutely everything for the independent songwriter, for the independent artist. And we're mm-hmm. going to get into that. Okay. But yeah, I want to get into that. I deliver the news first and then, and then we're going to dig into it. Okay. So Goldman further predicts that in 2030, there'll be 1.15 billion paying streaming su- subscribers globally up from a previous forecast of 901 million. So with this 1.15 billion number, Goldman believes that over two thirds of the subscribers over 68% will come from emerging markets rather than established markets. So places that you never got to get your music heard before are going to be coming in like India, China, stuff like that. Partly as a result of what of that growth in emerging markets, Goldman predicts that global annual average revenue per paying user from music streaming services will continue to fall significantly down from $32.70 in 2018 to $27.30 in 2023 and $24.6, in other words, $24.60 in 2030. The current valuation from Universal Music Group is 25.1 billion pounds to 35.2 billion pounds, which is approximately 28 billion to 40 billion dollars. Goldman's up music up in the air or music in the air update also predicts that in 2030, Spotify will remain the global market leader in audio subscription streaming with 32% of the market share of global streaming subscribers down from the 38% it registered in 2018. The time, so this will be a leader, but they're going to have less of a market share. Why? Because more people are going to come into it. We're going to get into that. The timing of Goldman's new report is certainly good news for Universal Music Group owner Vivendi, which is a major, major corporation, which is looking to sell up to 50% of the Universal Music Group this year. Guys, what does this mean? A lot of back and forth. A lot of, a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. Here's what it means. Spotify is super, super important because it just changed the way that we consume music. And when you change, I mean, think about how hard it is to change old habits, old habits die hard. Mm -hmm. But they brought in this brand new way of doing it, this brand new platform. And not only did they have it, but they spent billions and billions of dollars making sure that you're aware of it, that you tried it once Mm -hmm. and that you kept trying it and kept trying it. And now they've ushered in businesses for, I mean, Apple is getting ready to drop iTunes and just go with Apple mm-hmm. Music, which is a streaming service. You've got Amazon streaming service. You've got Pandora. You've got mm-hmm. Spotify. There's radio. So it's, it's, we're just starting we're, to get our arms around the digital streaming. Yeah, we're moving to not an ownership society, but an access society. And, and right. so it's working in a lot of different markets, right? So you have, I think Netflix is helping people get used to the idea of streaming music because you don't own those movies on Netflix or those TV shows, Hulu, you subscribe to that. You don't own those things, right? You're not buying a DVD anymore and popping them in the, I mean, we have, my, my wife is an, I love Lucy freak. And so grew up with that. So all the warm fuzzies. So we have like all the seasons, 
of I Love yeah. Lucy, like on <laughs> DVD. And she doesn't pull them out anymore because she has access to them on some of the streaming stuff yeah. and some other movies we have. I just got them on streaming. It's easier just to go where I am instead of going, where's the, where's the DVD and the DVD player and whatever. And so, you know, most people haven't bought a CD in forever unless you're like audiophile and want to do vinyl because that's, that has its own story. Right. But we're moving to access, not ownership. I mean, people Uber, I can, why own a car if I can just access one when I need it? And, 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 uh, and the business is going that way too, by the way. Like there's, they're going to have subscri- subscription services for cars. Like GM, they're, they're, this is already in the works. GM, Ford, Chrysler, where you just pay this subscription, right? Maybe you pay mm-hmm. 200 bucks a month and we're going to make sure you got a, a running car in your driveway. Yeah. You don't know, have to own it. Like you just subscribe to it and it's almost like a kind of a different form of a lease kind of a thing. Okay. And why wouldn't you want to do that with a depreciating asset? I mean, ugh, <laughs> yeah, gross, right? Well, you don't want to own a depreciating asset. And, and funny, some songs are that way. You know, the song that is your jam for a while and then yeah. depreciates. Like, yeah. well, I'm glad I didn't pay for that because now <laughs> I would, you know, if I lost it, I wouldn't pay to replace it. But other songs appreciate. Oh, that, that jam from when I was in high school, I still love that song. Like it, it, it has even more meaning to me than it did then because now it's racked up nostalgia. It's yeah. I paid twice as much as I, three times as much as I paid back then to get it back. That's right. And you're going to go do that in the form of a concert ticket and t-shirt yeah. and, and that kind of thing. I'm wondering, so, you're talking about, so these other players are going to come in the streaming market. We've talked about it before. Like, okay, Spotify expected to remain the leader, other people jumping in. And we've often talked about labels and stuff doing their own streaming services and, and that sort of thing. Like, cause you have, Disney's doing their own, right? Disney Plus yep. is going to be coming out NBC. later this year. NBC, you got CBS All Access. You have DC you know, Entertainment Comics is doing their own subscription. And Warner, I think, is going to do one. So, you know, you have these smaller brands. It's not these big aggregators. And I wonder if labels will do that. And more for, like, super fans almost because, well, why subscribe to Sony and Universal and Big Machine if I can just subscribe to Spotify and get all of them? Like, will they pull theirs from that? Or will they go, hey, you know, you can get it on Spotify. That's cool because we get a good cut of that. For, and that's for the general fan who wants to partake of all of them. Mm-hmm. But also for our super fans, you know, you can subscribe to the big machine platform and go way deep and get the yeah. extra bonus content because they get a bigger share of it. You know, they don't have the middleman. I wonder if that's something that would happen. I mean, I can make predictions on that. I'll I'll make big predictions. I'll make small predictions. But it all means more money for songwriters and more money for indie artists. Okay? It's already happened. Okay? And it's going to continue to happen. Because right now, there's a lot of people going, oh, great. Well, so everybody's going to be streaming, and we're still going to be broke, making a seventh of a penny per stream. Okay? Yeah. Not true. Not true. Well, for one thing, you know, NSAI and, and those places that are fighting on Capitol Hill, getting some laws changed to up yeah. the pay, which is a step in the right direction. It, it is, but, but I'll tell you what, the, the, the free market going to work faster than Congress. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully in a good way, because unfortunately, you like Spotify, the free market moved faster than Congress, and they screwed us, and they stole from us because they weren't laws against that. They, they, they did, but you know what? It's a lot more clear now that they screwed you than it was 2009 when they came out. Because they were making it up as they went along. Like they didn't, right. you know, they don't, you're not going to know until you get the data. Okay. And until mm-hmm. you, until you move forward and do that, they did do that. But mm-hmm. here's the deal. The songwriters and are, it, it boils down to who owns the traffic. Mm-hmm. Okay? Who owns the traffic? And the bottom line is you own the traffic. 
right? If you're a songwriter, you're the artist that cuts your song owns that traffic or whoever owns those masters, the labels. Okay. So just look at, just look at how it's happening. Cause there's just too much money now. First, the first thing that had to happen was that these digital, let's go up to 30,000 feet. Here's what, what was so astute about what you said, Brent, about Netflix. Netflix is at the surface level. It's exactly the same as Spotify. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that they went to an industry that has created amazing intellectual property in the form of entertainment. And they've always sold, promoted and sold that through broadcast platforms. Mm-hmm. And they did not understand digital. Right. And Netflix said, we do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make some stupidly crazy deals with you. Because, well, I mean, the networks at the time. and the We're going to mail videos, these DVDs out to people. Yeah. And, and they're like, what? And that's how it kind of started. But then they right. move over into digital. And you know what? The contracts they got were very heavily in favor of Netflix. Because the way the NBC and the movie studios were thinking about it, we're like, eh, you know, if they make some extra money on it, great. You it's, know, family. Family. it's mailbox money for us. Give them a sweet deal because mm-hmm. they don't know how it's going to work. Maybe, maybe there's some visionaries in there. I'm sure there's some visionaries in there that were like, yeah, yeah, this is where it's going to go. But the, the whole industry is just, this is the way we've always done it. I don't understand how we're going to get back here. But while we figure that out, if we can make a little extra money with this stupid little Netflix thing. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead. Right. And then what did Netflix do? They proved like we can make some serious cha-ching yeah. showing this digitally and making this happen. And then what they did was proof of concept. Right. Mm-hmm. We told you we thought this was going to work. We put in a bunch of money. We put some skin in the game. Now we made it work. Now it's really making money. And so all of a sudden you've got the whose who's ears are perked up. Who's now paying more attention? The owners of the intellectual property, yeah. the networks, the movie studios. Mm-hmm. So did, did Netflix see the writing on the wall? Yeah. What did yeah. Netflix start doing like eight years ago? Producing original content. Netflix yeah, why? Shows. Because they, they know damn well we ain't going to have this. We're not going to be able to like keep these contracts in place. Right. Like for Disney very long. Pulling a lot of their stuff to go yep. to Disney Plus. Other people start doing that. Yeah. But you can only get the Netflix shows on Netflix. That's right. And now Netflix has become like a major player, right? Like just yeah. as big as, you know, when Netflix calls and if you're an actor, if you're a director and they're like, hey, we're, we're, we're thinking about this movie project, you're on the slate to be considered to be director, like you are excited, right? Because that's just a big of a paycheck mm-hmm. that you're going to get. I mean, you're getting like this much prestige. major movie stars starring in your stuff. You get Will Smith doing Bright. You get Sandra Bullock doing Birdhouse. Yep. Or Bird and they're Box, making whatever. money. Like everybody's yeah. making money. It's a new yeah. conduit. It's a new way to do it. And they've proven it, but it's still in development, right? So still some stuff is going to shake up, but have mm-hmm. some faith in the free market. We're talking about how it developed in the terms of Netflix, and then we're going to bring it back to the music industry, okay? Because it's the same situation, but they are. We do have to recognize they're two different products, okay? Yeah. As soon as it starts to become so freaking apparent how much money they're making, mm-hmm. what happens with the, the networks are like, man, like we, we got this title. The only reason they're going to Netflix is for our Disney stuff. Right. Like yeah. we're creating all this traffic for them. We got the numbers. This isn't a guesstimate. This is exactly how many people last year visited Netflix mm-hmm. and consumed a product. Why? Because number one, we, we thought it up. Number two, we paid to make it. Number three, we paid a fortune to promote it. And it's in the minds of people. And now they're going there to get it. And they're getting half our money for it. Right. That's not going to last too long. And did it? Nope. Nope. It was like less than a decade. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're like, okay, now we're going to do it. So. What's going to happen first is they're all going to screw it up. They're all going to start their own streaming service. They're going to start pulling titles. And then mm-hmm. they're going to witness some 
disruption in the marketplace and the flow of money because not everybody's going to want to pay eight bucks to get Disney Plus and eight bucks for NBC and eight bucks for CBS All Access and eight bucks for HBO Mm -hmm. and to get all that. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have, it's going to be kind of like the way you get your cable service, like whoever provides your cable service. There's going to be different packages, right? Mm they're going to try to group them up as intelligently as they can. So maybe NBC will say, hey, instead of taking this, like 100% of the money here, we'll go through this aggregate and they'll put together, we'll make a little bit less money, but we're going to sell more of these because these people, they only like this product from NBC. So it's not worth it for them to get the full subscription. So we're either not going to make any money from them or we're going to give them a way to get this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's evergreen, right? Because it's digital. So there's not, there's nothing to make anymore. It's just, it keeps coming, right? So this is a good thing, but the free market's going to work. People are going to get, people are going to get paid. Now the difference between the product is still costs a million, millions of dollars to make a TV show or to make a movie Mm. and 40,000 uploads a day are happening on Spotify. So any moron can make his little finger painting in his bedroom and upload it to Spotify and it's a different product. So it's going to be harder for somebody like Spotify to make the positional move that the strategic move that that Netflix did and, and be in that same position because there's just so many titles. Okay. But here's the thing. What's good is it's, it's all been deregulated in a sense, right? Through technology, not through a government action. But I want to take you like a lot of people listening to me, you're too young to know what, what was going on. Like, let's, let's talk about the phone company, Ma Bell. There was a time in my life and in your life, Brent, where Ma Bell owned all the phones, all the phone lines. Okay. Mm. There's one company that had like lots of little different divisions. So they wouldn't appear like they were a monopoly. (laughs) So the Illinois bell, Wisconsin bell, like it was all really cleverly done, but it was one freaking company. Mm. And, and to their credit, they spent all the money making the infrastructure to make sure that we could be connected, putting up yeah. the telephone poles, putting up the telephone lines, sending you out telephones. You telephone, bro, don't worry, my bell gets you a new one. Mm. And guess what? They charge for long distance service. Yeah. I remember in high school, girl dating a boy that was literally three miles from her house. So he's a local boy, but he, because of the zip code, he's in a different county and just happened to be in a z- different area code. And so even though it's three miles, she got a $900 phone bill Oops. <laughs> in a month for, for talking to her boyfriend for too long. Mm-hmm. And her dad freaked out and almost, you know, shot her and the whole family and ended up on the family news. You know? Yeah. The government came in and said, Hey, this is, and this is, in my opinion, the, this is the job of the government, right? That this is for the people. We're going to take this over and we, we're going to force you, they can deregulate a mob bell. We're going to break up the monopoly and you have to allow competition to come on. So even though you made all these phone lines and you paid for them and God bless you for doing that, you got to make room for everybody else to come in. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's got to be competition. And the, there was opponents or, you know, no, oh, that's dumb. It's good. They're going to just jack up the prices. Well, yeah, of course they are because they just got a five year window to when the party's over. And so, you know, long distance went from 25 cents a minute to 35 cents a minute. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but then five years hit and incomes MCI incomes uh, sprint incomes, all these different companies that just, Hey, we can make a phone company. Why? Cause now we're allowed to, we don't have to pay for like a whole bunch of brand new telephone poles and telephone lines. We can just hop onto this platform mm. and make it happen. And what's the net result? The net result is right now you, you pay somewhere between probably 60 and hundred bucks a month for a cell phone with unlimited data mm-hmm. and no long distance. Yeah. Right? It's the same. It's predictable. Okay. Uh, by the way, they don't have that like in Canada. 
Not for nothing. Really? They got cell phones, all kinds of cell phones, but there's no such thing as an unlimited data plan in Canada. Huh. <laughs> okay. USA. You. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's capitalism at work that is disruptive back in the day and mm-hmm. it causes a lot of friction. There's lots of people freaking out, but then now it's better for the people. Okay. Yeah. It's less expensive. So how does that apply to the music industry? Well, because right now you're thinking, man, we got to get this stuff passed in Congress because it's going to be these rich white guys that start these companies and they got all the money. They're just going to keep screwing songwriters because they're greedy. And it's a greed thing. And you think they won't do the right thing because it's greedy. And I'm telling you, they're going to do the right thing, but not because it's the right thing to do. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Because they're greedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of capitalism is that okay. yeah. so I feel like base impulses to their good. Because feel a little bit about like Gordon Gecko right now, you know, <laughs> greed, for lack of a better word, is good. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at it going, well, are artists greedy because they want to have songs that millions of people buy, right? That I want to get more popular. I want more people to buy my music. So what do they do? They make more music that people like more. And they work hard and they hustle hard and they, and they work hard and they hustle hard. And therefore, I, I have more jams. Are they greedy? I mean, whatever the reason is, the result yeah. is the same. That yeah. I have I have new jams that are better than they would have been if they and didn't a little care bit about more recognition. Yeah, and a little bit bigger tour, mm-hmm. and I'm making a little bit more money, which means you know that's just how I'm kind of keeping score. Maybe I want to lay out the plan so that you guys understand exactly how you're going to make more money. Okay, but let's mm-hmm. start when the music industry was popping back in the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know this, but I think we had like seven, eight, maybe nine major record labels, right? We had Capital, we had Atlantic, we had RCA, we had MCA, we had A&M, we had Universal, we had a CBS, which became Sony. We had Geffen Records. We had, what is that? That's seven, that's eight right there. Oh, we had Arista. We had, like, there's, there's a bunch. Each of these mm-hmm. labels had an average of 500 artists signed on their labels made, so 500 major label artists per label right here's what most people don't know 95 percent of those artists on each label 
didn't make any money. Right. Didn't make any money for the label. Yeah. Yeah. The, the label lost money on that. So the label lost money. The artists aren't making money, right? Like nobody's right. making money. And first of all, just take a moment, take a deep breath and think about how freaking ridiculous that is. Like if nine out of 10 Big Macs came back, <laughs> uh, yeah. if nine out of 10 GM cars were faulty, right? And mm-hmm. couldn't, didn't work. This is a business model that just doesn't exist in any other industry. So let's talk about why. First of all, because broadcast was so powerful mm-hmm. that the 5% of the artists who did make money made so much money for the label. They paid for the losses of the other 95% of the artists. Okay. But why? Why did only 5% of the artists make money? Are the labels wrong 95% of the time that they just couldn't find, they couldn't sign good artists? I mean, it could be the the cost of recording was high. The bottleneck of broadcast no, but, but, but these are all major label. Hold on. These are all right. major label artists. They got major label budgets. They right. all had product. Well, I mean, those products were expensive to make back in yeah, the day. Yeah, they were. Like, but but, but, but that, uh, doesn't factor into, that doesn't factor into why they didn't well, make Why they're losing money. They weren't selling enough. And I think part of that was probably the broadcast bottleneck, right? Yes. Only so many of them could get on the radio for us to know about them. Now, stop right there. Let's dig into that. So there was two major bottlenecks back But it may then. cost about the same to make the record. But yeah, then only a couple of them can get on the radio. Exactly. The but market. even, I'll tell you what, even without the cost, because the cost to make the record paled in comparison to the cost to promote it. Yeah. So true. even if you just eliminated that, because that's a yeah. good argument, even it's like that, that's negligible compared to like, if we're going to promote it, mm. it's going to cost a fortune. And, we're yeah. gonna, and, if, and if we don't sell records and the artist doesn't catch on, we're not mm. going to make money. But it wasn't, be- but you hit the nail on the head, Brent. It's not because they didn't catch on. It's because they never got a chance to get in front of new eyeballs. Right. Because there was two bottlenecks. The first one was physical distribution. Mm-hmm. Only so much room at Walmart and Sam Goody's. That's right. In physical distribution, there, you have, it, this is like a grocery store. Most people don't think about this in terms of a grocery store. Every inch of space on the shelf has a dollar value on it. Mm-hmm. Every inch of space, this has a dollar value. So I need to turn it over more. So yeah. I'm only going to put the products up there that turn over. Right. Like, so why I can would I, I put something new in that spot that that's going to sell? That I can put something new in that spot and that's going to sell. That's right. But why would I, why would I put something in there? I don't care how good it is if it's not selling. I define good by sales, right? Yeah. If you're the store, exactly. I define good by what sells fast. Exactly. So yeah. it's brick and mortar. It's limited space mm-hmm. and there's only so much of it. So they're only going to show you the artists that are selling the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, I remember poison was one of them. They, they just caught on so fast. Like it was, it was like a freak thing that mm-hmm. they caught on so fast in the lexicon of pop before they had their distribution. People were trying to go into every record store and buy poison and they couldn't. Right. Because the distribution was screwed. And then yeah. they straightened it out. But that was the thing that happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So indie artists, man, did and same thing with movies, right? Like you go to Blockbuster, man, you're not going to mm-hmm. find the document, the endless list of cool documentaries that are really engaging and really worth your time to watch on Netflix. You ain't going to get that at Blockbuster. Right. Because it doesn't sell as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I need that space for something that's going to make money. That's why it's called Blockbuster. <laughs> that, that's not right. niche buster aptly, aptly named that's right exactly yeah so, but they don't even get a chance to get an audience right so and then the second and this is the point that you touched on brent the second bottleneck was radio mm-hmm. radio is really powerful it was so powerful it drove the music industry for decades and decades and decades mm-hmm. okay 
but they only play 12 songs an hour. So let's say you're the brand new artist, and I want everybody to think about this. Think about the words that I'm saying about right now. Okay, you get the major label deal, you get the record. The label's like, this is the coolest thing since sliced bread. We're going to open up the purse strings and we're going to promote the fire out of this. And mm-hmm. we're going to put you on the radio. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to cut the checks. We're going to grease the palms. We're going to do the payola, all this, but it's not mm-hmm. payola. It's just because it goes through a different hand, but it is payola. And, huh. and then we're going to do all these different things. And the, and the radios, which is a completely different publicly traded company, goes, yes, mm-hmm. we like this. We think this is good. We're going to put this on the air. Okay, mm-hmm. so all those yeses and all that money changes hands, but there's still one thing in the laws of physics that has to happen before your song gets on the playlist at the radio station. And what's that? Something's got to come off. Something's got to come off. Either a commercial, which no, because that's how they make their money. Right. Or somebody else's somebody song. Somebody else's song. Somebody else's song ended, not in the last limelight anymore. You come in. Okay. That so when when Amazon I go on there like New Music Friday, it makes me a little sad because I'm like, oh man, these you know twelve new records came out today. I hope none of my favorite records had to get bounced. I hope they're still on there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen, right? Doesn't happen. Nope. They just oh, added all more. All the other jams are still just as available. We got endless server space. Yeah, right. It's not Good. like See, oh, dude, the new Bon Jovi single just came out, so the old one I'm not going to hear as much. There you go. That so so it, it doesn't, so, so that eliminates the, the cycle, right? This is why John Merrick put out four songs at a time because you don't have time to consume the whole album anymore like you used to because there's only right. so many titles that came out and the only titles that you were ever aware of were the titles that were on radio and they weren't spinning that much. Yeah, right? and back in the day, if you're taking up shelf space, stick as, and the CD's going to be the same size, stick as many songs in there as you can, Yeah, right? Because it's a pain to burn them and you know, that costs are the same no matter how many one song or 12 songs on there yep. to ship them to walmart to take up just as much space at walmart and yep. so you're only going to come out for a year and i'm going to listen to that john may record for a year till the next one comes out it's not that that's windy. right so all of a sudden those log jams are gone okay mm-hmm. and then you know spotify comes in and really is the one that makes streaming ubiquitous i mean before that we had rhapsody and we had pandora but that mm-hmm. was they were prior to really timing it with not that this was intentional, but timing it with the release of the smartphone and, yeah. and Pandora is more like a radio station. You don't, you don't get to pick what you listen to That's right. as much, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it's just a different thing. Now anybody can get exposure. We've got mm-hmm. social media and we've got a place to distribute it. Right. Yep. But here's the thing. Distribution doesn't matter in digital. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that completely that I agree with Goldman Sachs that, Spotify would remain that much of a player. If it is, it'll be a brand name, but a completely different business format. Mm. Okay. Because they don't own anything. Yeah. Right. But yet, yet. now that could change, but I mean, I, are they going to buy universal man? I, you know, maybe. I don't know. Are they going to become like Netflix and start producing? But like, even then, if they, if they go try to, if they try to do artist. that, if they try to buy a record label that already exists, then they're going to forsake all the business from all the other record labels. Right, but I wonder, like, Netflix didn't buy Fox. You know, Disney did. But it's they did start producing their own content. Like, I wonder if Spotify would be like, hey, so-and-so indie artist who's getting a bunch of spins, why don't you Could sign be a record label, and we'll... But they, here's the thing, though. I, I think, don't know. I think they can do that, but I don't know how they would scale that up fast enough to float the boat 
that they got afloat to take yeah. to make up for the inevitable act of the labels pulling their titles and I say, mean, yeah, because you have until the labels can do it on their own, which yeah, until they, they figure it out, and they're going to screw it up. Figure it out. Right. So they may be like, oh, we're so angry at Spotify for promoting their own artists, but we don't have our own platform yet. I mean, each of the labels, each of the labels last year, each of the labels made a billion and a half dollars a piece on streaming. Mm. Just on streaming revenue. That doesn't count the stock sale that they had. Okay. Last year as a one-time thing. But Spotify made a billion and a half on streaming from each of the labels. Mm -hmm. So if you're the president of Sony, you're like, man, what? Like, that's two billion. Okay, this is really cool. We love Spotify. Thanks for doing that. But like, why are we giving them half of our money when we're generating all the traffic? It's the traffic. Mm-hmm. It's the traffic. Who creates the traffic? We create the traffic. Right. So we have the power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on. We talked about this in a prior episode, but it fits right in with this. There was a forty-two percent increase in streams in the United States last year on Spotify. It's a big increase, and none of that increase came from the top five hundred streamed songs. Okay, so the year before the top five hundred, which will be different five hundred, but they still maintained the top five hundred, maintained a, the same basic level of streams, basic number yeah. of streams. That's right. So, so it was the undercurrent, the the indie, the indie artists, artists, the niche artists, the not as popular right. artist whatever that's right that's right all of a sudden people are going to find them now and they're consuming them and they're liking it right mm-hmm. and they have access to a lot more stuff and and a bunch of those are going to be artists that have intelligently marketed their product to make mm-hmm. you want to go there and listen to it right, right. but the thing is if, i mean the top 500 artists, just think about that number it's it's the top 10 every week mm-hmm. right just yeah. 52 weeks in a year so it's really the top 10 most stream songs every single week, those didn't get any more streams. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of a sudden we're consuming all this other content and people are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Now, Johnny is the seventh of a penny. That's BS. We're getting screwed. Yep. You are. That's yeah. true. Okay. Yeah. But think about this intellectually for a second and just from a business mind, follow the money. Like when Jay-Z released his last record, he, now Jay-Z owns title and mm-hmm. title's been suffering. Right. It's yeah. been not, it hasn't been blowing up like it should blow up. So he blocked out all of the other streaming services for one week. And the only place you could get Jay-Z's new record was on Tidal to, mm-hmm. in an effort to increase subscriptions, which I'm yeah. sure that he did. I don't know that number. Here's the number that I know. The result of that was 1 million pirated downloads of his record. Yeah. 1 million illegal downloads of his record. So what does Jay-Z absolutely have? God bless him. Demand. Yes. People want, are dying to hear his new record. Mm -hmm. Do they care where it is? No. They're going to find it even in places they ain't supposed to find it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is not 1 million crazy cool hackers who are like in a dark room that are also doing crap for the FBI and the CIA and, and deep state government stuff. These are just kids, man. They're like, oh, dude, I found it. Here's the link. You know, like, this is how you yeah. get it. Like, passing it around. So, guys, that's a good thing. I mean, I'm sure Jay-Z was pissed about it. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter. Like, again, we create the traffic. Mm-hmm. And the traffic's going to go to find what we're selling if we've created that brand thing. Okay? So, let's go a little bit deeper here. I just want you to give you the big picture. When Sony, Spotify gave each of the major labels, Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers, stock options mainly just to keep them holding on just Mm -hmm. hold on for a little bit longer this is going to be a billion dollar paycheck for you we're going to go public it's going to be worth this amount of money it was a bone to throw them because spotify knows the position that they're in 
Mm-hmm. What did the labels do? That was really weird. Do you remember that story, Brent? On what the labels did when once they got the stock options, they did something that was unprecedented. Oh, they they cut some bonuses, right? Or yeah. one of them did. They said they were going to pay their artists for that. Yeah, they were going to give artists some money. I, there is not one contract, people. Not one contract that any of those artists has that says should the record label make some money from the sale of stock on a streaming service, which right. probably didn't exist when they signed those damn contracts. Uh, I get a piece of it. Right. Yeah. So it, the labels did it. Did they do it out of the kindness of their own heart? Did no. they do it because it was the right thing to do? No. no. Why did they do it? There's an angle. There's a benefit to them. There's a benefit to them because here's the deal: the artists they they have the power mm. now. They don't need a record label per se. Not the biggie boys. And they don't need radio. So I don't need to go to the rich white guys that are in charge of the whole world with my hat in my hand and Mm -hmm. do a little song and dance and and sweep the floor to get them to give me permission to get my shot. Mm -hmm. I can do it all on my own. A few days ago, I put on the Klein community, put an article up. Nobody commented on, by the way, so I bet you nobody read it. (laughs) But it was J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez going from a major label to an indie label. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. What? Why the hell would she do that, Brent? Leverage. More money. More, yeah. <laughs> More money. She probably getting a better piece of the action. Kind oh, of thing. for sure. Yeah. For sure she is. And mm-hmm. she doesn't need that major label anymore. Like she doesn't feel threatened by walking away from that label. Right. That wasn't possible 15 years ago. Because you're going to have just as much distribution. You may not have as much stroke to get on the Today Show and some of that stuff. But she's a bona fide superstar, so she has the name recognition. She's got her managers. and She's She's going to get everything she wants. A lot of that stuff is going to be coming from the managers anyway, right? Yep. Yep. She does not need the label anymore. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the labels know this. So they're giving, hey, here's here's some extra. Here's a little bonus you weren't thinking about. Who loves you? We love you. you. Daddy takes care we of you. That's right. That's right. Daddy takes care of you. Mm-hmm. Because, why? Because she's the one with the brand. Mm-hmm. She's the one that she's the goose that lays the golden eggs. I'm not going to even tell you what label she was on before. Yep. And, and it's I know in the, the name J-Lo. It's in, that's right. It's in that. There you go. There you go. So, mm-hmm. so you know, guys, it's, somebody was saying it's like a difference between like college sports and, and pro sports and some. It's like college sports. I root for the Razorbacks. Every four years or so, the roster completely turns over. I don't care. I'm rooting for the jersey, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not following the players. You get in the pros, you start following players around. Like LeBron, now he's in LA, so I'm wearing Lakers gear. And then if he goes back to Cleveland, I'm wear that. And I used to wear Miami Heat stuff because mm-hmm. I'm following LeBron or I'm following Steph Curry. If he goes somewhere else, I'm a Steph Curry fan. It's college ball, man. We're it's, it's, team. it's not like college ball. It's like the pros, right? I'm going to follow Jennifer Lopez. I don't care what team she's playing for. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm wearing J-Lo a good on, point. on my back. I don't I care what jersey she's wearing. I'm going <laughs> to root for her. So I follow the player. That's a good point. I just want to touch on one bigger thing, and then we're going to get down to a little bit more granular on how this means more money for you. But at the height of the music industry, when it was doing its very, very best before streaming and all this kind of stuff came out and started to break down, it was a $75 billion a year industry. Hmm. That's the most. It, so it was limited. The universe for the music mm-hmm. industry was limited to how big it could grow unless they like, quadrupled the price of records or something, which is yeah. gonna, that's not going to work, right? But there's only so much they could sell because the, the delivery mechanism for the drug of choice that mm-hmm. we call music 
was the radio. And there's only 12 songs an hour on the radio. Right. And there was physical distribution. There's only so many we can put in there. So mm-hmm. they, did they maximize and optimize that platform? Absolutely. Why? Because they're a bunch of really smart people that know how to do business. Okay? Yeah. But those walls are gone. And mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you now, mark my words, that this will blow up and it'll be bigger than $75 billion a year. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no reason it couldn't be $150 billion. It could double or triple because there are no constraints holding it back. It's just our, we're in our own way. It's our own yeah. minds that are holding this back, right? Like, because we got, right now, you got billions of people that you can reach on the internet, on your social media platforms, and you got good music. And if you figure out how to do that intelligently and get the art and the artists in front of new eyeballs, you can make some money, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let's talk about streaming and let's talk about what they're getting paid. So, when the labels take back streaming, what do you think one of the first things they're going to do? You think they're going to keep the same pay structure? No. Because certainly Spotify is a bunch of, they're a bunch of tech, propeller head tech guys, mm-hmm. right? They don't know art. They're not in the music industry. They just figured out, hey, this is another big, huge, massive industry. Here's an opportunity. These guys have been making intellectual property and distributing it and promoting it on broadcast platforms, and they don't know digital because if they did know digital, they'd be doing it. Right. So we can do it for them, and we're going to take as much as we can because it's a short window before yeah. they figure out how to do it. And, they, and you prove to them that we can make money doing this, mm-hmm. and then when they see it and their eyes open up, then they're going to inevitably take it over because it's them that's driving the traffic. Right. It's all about the traffic, right? right. So the labels certainly understand the value of a songwriter mm-hmm. and how integral a songwriter is in the process of what they're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that a record label is going to try to continue down that same road. They're going to, that comes back that, that it's going to be, something's going to change. And first of all, the label is going to get all the money, right? So when mm-hmm. the label takes back the streaming service and remember digital doesn't matter, distribution doesn't matter in digital. When they take back, like Taylor Swift just released a brand new song. 1 billion people will, will stream that song on Spotify in the month after it comes out. Mm-hmm. 1 billion people, which is going to generate about $340 million that they were splitting with the label. Now the label is going to get all that money. So they're going to have a lot more Mm. money to play with. And believe me, they're going to, they're going to spread it out in the right way. Mm. Okay. But keep in mind, again, we don't need the big guys. We don't need big brother to give us permission to, to be an artist, to give us permission to find an audience, to Mm. give us permission to make money. So it's not going to be very long guys before capitalism and greed takes over to make you more money because there's going to be other labels that come in and say, you know what, come and sign with us. We pay our, our songwriters and our artists better mm-hmm. well, because they realize that the artists can do this on their own. See, part of the deal with the, and I'm not deep into this, but okay. So as a songwriter or publisher, right? Publisher owns the copyrights for the song. So we'll say publisher, the label needs a license from you to release yeah. your song. And in that license, it sets out the terms of the agreement. This is what you pay us. These are the formats. This is our contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm licensing you. You can use the non-exclusive right to this song. And this is what you pay me. Now, I got screwed up because when, then when it got released to Spotify, we didn't have a deal. The publishers didn't really, I don't think, have a deal with Spotify. You can't stop them. We can't, we can't yeah. withhold our song. Like, yeah, the labels, you can release it here and there, but you can't release it to Spotify. Like, it wasn't. I mean, they license the masters. And the publishers don't own the masters, right? Right. So the songwriters couldn't stop our stuff from being released on Spotify. But if Universal is the label and that 
I think it's easier to say, okay, here's our license. You know, this is what we get paid on digital. This is what we get paid on streaming or some, how to figure that in. So you can just like you do on record sales, just like you do on other platforms, you can, you can negotiate that I think more fairly. And so I think that it could end up working in our favor that way because you're not having this middleman that's unaccountable that, you know, it's like, sorry. I mean, we're just, you know, we put it there. You can't tell us where to put the song, but yeah, we have no, we have no say in Spotify and we can't hold it back. Exactly right. And, and listen, right I mean, just, just this year, what was the number from just this year? The number for streaming was, I think it was $40 billion in streaming. Guys, that is so much money. So that everything's like settling out now because the, the owners of the product or service are going to take back the power and, and get all the money as it should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next thing that's going to happen is there's going to be an opportunity for other people to come in. And if they don't do the right thing to spread the money out the way it should be spread out to all the players so that the creators of the music are going to get paid more money to make it happen, then somebody else will. Keep in mind, let's go back to the, just the comment we made about the labels just out of the willy-nilly out of the blue, giving their artists money from windfall that they had on the sale of stock for Spotify. They didn't have to do that. But they did it, not because it was the right thing to do. That's what they said in the press release. Mm-hmm. But it's because, man, if we need to, we got to start creating better relationships with our artists because this whole landowner slave thing, which worked for mm-hmm. decades, isn't going to work anymore. Right. Because they don't need us. You've got your Granger Smiths. You've got your Cody mm-hmm. Johnsons out there making millions of dollars to damn selves without a label. I don't need you. So if they want to play in the game, they're going to have to be more in it for the artists. So they're happy. It's going to have to share the wealth a little bit more. And also everything's trackable. It's more transparent now than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Right. I promise you without a doubt that there's going to be other streaming, either the streaming pay is going to change amongst the streaming services or other streaming companies will come in and people will go there because they're going to say, we're going to pay the artists better. We're Mm -hmm. going to pay the songwriters better. Uh, Why? Because there's plenty of money to be paid out to make it happen. Now that the masses Mm -hmm. have decided streaming is the way it's going to happen. And they're clearly continuing to jump on and starting to give their money to pay for it. And so again, distribution doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If Taylor Swift goes to Johnny D's streaming service, because I'm going to, because she believes that her writers should get paid more and she should get paid more as a writer. And I'm going to do that. Then I'm still going to get a billion fricking hits Mm. in one month after she releases a song and I'm going to make all the money and she's going to make more money and her writers are going to make more money. Everybody's going to be happier because I'm going to figure out a way to do that. Okay. And make that work again. Do you see the connection between that and the Ma Bell thing we talked about? Like, how is it that this, how can we make money if we don't charge for long distance? Well, they figured it out, didn't they? Yes, they did. And, and uh, the streaming services are because it, the market was opened up and the players were allowed to come in and we figured it out. We're going to figure this out. You're going to be, you're going to make much, much more money than you're making now, but you still got to get that art and art in front of new people. So there it is, man. Hope for the new music industry, people. Mm-hmm. Hope for the new music industry. There is hope and it's real. It's tangible. It's not a theory. It's already happening. And you can see a lot of what's happening in the rearview mirror by watching, pay attention to what happens with Netflix mm-hmm. and what happens with it. Because they're a little farther down the journey than the music industry is, but they're following just 
right in line. It's going to happen exactly that same way. So with that, listen, guys, I mean, call us for, this is the way we think. This is where my crazy mind is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if you need some consulting, if you, you know, certainly if we're the kind of company that can help you and you want to explore a relationship with us, uh, reach out at info at daredevilproduction.com. Production is single. There is no S. And, and, and let's, let's talk. Let's see what you got going on because this is what we do. We get the art and the artist in front of new eyeballs. We get you seen. We get your music heard. Maybe you don't have the budget to work with us. Hey, consultation is going to be the trick for you where we can show you what we're doing and you can learn and do it for yourself. And everybody that has consultations with me walks away happy and, and makes the needle move right away. They make the needle move right away. So info at daredevilproduction.com. Put consultation in the subject line. We'll get something on the books and, and we'll get you moving in the right way. The artists that adapt the quickest are the ones that are going to make the most money, guys. So with that, brings us to the end of another Killer Climb session here. And make sure you join the Climb community. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a rating and review and take some time and and share it. This podcast exists. We go through all this because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.